Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, what's up, y'all? Let's talk some tennis. Welcome into another episode of Believe in the ATP Tour. I'm your host, Jacob Sersosimo. And today you're listening on the Believe Network. Now, sorry I didn't get a podcast out last week. I was actually on vacation. I was gone. Got back late. Some complicated things happened. Blah, 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 blah. Didn't get a podcast out. My bad. But we got a a lot to talk about today, you know, especially after Wimbledon. We're a couple weeks away from, you know, removed from Wimbledon and the excitement that that tournament was. Now, sometimes after these big tournaments, especially after Roland Garros then right into Wimbledon. It can be a lot for tennis fans. It can be a lot for tennis players. It can just be a lot for the entire sport. So these last couple weeks, they have been a little bit slower with a couple other tournaments. You know, people taking some time off, taking some time for their bodies, especially before the U.S. Open and hardcourt swing in the United States ramps up here real soon because that's going to be here before you know it. I mean, we're only a month and some change away from the U.S. Open. So it's only a matter of time before these players get super, super busy again. So these two weeks, traditionally, a little a little bit slower until we get ready for what's to come in the United States. Now, the United States held the last grass court tournament of the year, and that is the Hall of Fame Open. That was in Newport, Rhode Island. That is a pretty popular tournament, but usually doesn't get top 10 players in it. Felix Ogiel-Yassim actually played in this tournament this year. He loses in round two. And I'm telling you, like this starts on the last day of Wimbledon. So if you if you do anything at Wimbledon, chances are you're not going to be at this tournament. That's why top 10 players usually, or top 20 players usually don't play in this tournament. But FAA, early exit, gets him a chance to play on grass one more time before the season ends. So he comes in this tournament, loses in the second round, and there, it's, there's only 32 players in this tournament. So he already loses second round to Kubler. Kubler obviously playing good tennis. But a thing you want to look at here is Andy Murray playing in this tournament, another big name. He makes it all the way to the third round, which is the quarterfinals, and he plays Alexander Bublik. Now, this match was back and forth. There was some drama in it, and uh, these two obviously very entertaining players, fun to watch. Watched a little bit of this match, but Bublik had an incredible tournament. On the top side, he ends up making it to the final. He gets past Kubler. Alexander Bublik had a real chance at winning this tournament. On the bottom side, you got guys like John Isner. He makes it all the way to the semis. But Maxime Cressy has been playing good tennis this year. And I've said his name a few times, the American, Maxime Cressy. And Cressy goes on to beat Isner and then beat Bublik in the final, which is an, is, is, is an amazing win for his career, especially on grass. That is his first ever ATP Tour title, and it comes on grass. Now, Maxime Cressy has been knocking on the doorstep for a long time. You hear his name, you see him at tournaments, and he's somebody, an American, that you would like to see win a few finals here and there. I mean, he is 25 years old. He's been on the scene for a little bit, turned pro in 2019, and he has the skills. It's just a matter of putting them together. And I feel like I say that about a lot of American players, but that's really what it is. A lot of American players, very talented, have the skills, It's just really a matter of putting it all together. And this win for Cressy is going to be big for his U.S. Open hopes. He is now a top five American player and will likely be seated at the U.S. Open this year. So good sign for 
United States players, people from the U.S. and America, and a good sign for Maxime Cressy. Let's move on to a different tournament. That, that's pretty much what happened the week after Wimbledon. Now we're going to go to a couple weeks removed from Wimbledon, and some more big players play in these type of tournaments. Let's head over to the Hamburg tournament, which is a great tournament traditionally. ATP 500, get some big names in it, get some very solid matches in this tournament. It's a really well-ran tournament there in Germany. Gets a lot of press for it. Carlos Alcaraz in this year's tournament, he's the top seed. You got guys like Hotchnoff. The Russian, who can't go into the Russian name, but he's in this tournament. Uh, good to see those guys actually getting some some playing time and actually be able to play you know, after Wimbledon because they couldn't play in that tournament. Carlos Alcaraz, the top seed. You look at the bottom, Andrei Rublev, another Russian that is playing in this tournament. Uh, Karatsev, the other Russian playing in this tournament. But Diego Schwartzman, the three seed, and he goes down right away to Rusevori. So... That, that's what happens in some of these 500s. You get guys that traditionally should be making it far, but Diego Schwartzman really been struggling as of late. He hasn't made any really big runs. I'm not quite sure what's going on there. Might be something to look forward to or look not look forward to, look into once he gets to the United States swing and it gets into hard courts in America and see exactly what happens in the U.S. Open with Diego Schwartzman because that's a guy that can blow up at any time, but it se he seems to be struggling as of right now. Lorenzo Massetti, not seeded in this tournament, and he actually makes it to the semis. Now, in the bottom half of the bracket, he does get some help because Davidovich Fonkina beats Van de Zanskulpt, who's the five seed, and it kind of opens up this bottom part there, and also Andre Rublev loses to Serendolo. So it opens up there. So even though Francisco Serendolo has a great tournament, he runs into Lorenzo Musetti. In the semifinals. Now, in the top part, it was pretty much Carlos Carlos Alcaraz's tournament to lose. He he cruises through. First round, he does win in a third set tiebreaker. So he does struggle there, but then he cruises. Two sets win, two set win, two set win, all the way into the finals. And this was something that a lot of people wanted to see and keep an eye on, because especially struggling early in this tournament, people show up to watch Carlos Alcaraz play. And they were able to watch Carlos Alcaraz play this entire tournament all the way into the final, and he wanted to win this tournament. He needs to win this tournament for the points. He said before he wants to be top three in the world by the end of the year. Obviously, his priority, he says, is getting into the ATP finals at the end of the year, but he wants to be top three. So Hamburg is a big part of him trying to get top three, and that's something that he he's trying to do. Now, he, he runs into Musetti in the final. Lorenzo Musetti was playing great tennis in this tournament. He's a ranked 31 in the world. He's age 20, so he's a youngster as well, an Italian, an Italian youngster. He turned pro in 2019, and he wins his first ever ATP Tour level event. He wins the clay court that is in Hamburg, the tournament that's there in Germany, and the Italian. It's it's a good time to be Italian in tennis, I tell you what. I'm going to get to another Italian here in a little bit, but you saw what Yannick Sinner did at Wimbledon. You saw what you know Musetti does right here at Hamburg, and I'm going to talk about one here in a little bit, but that was a big win for him, especially Carlos Alcaraz, who's played so well throughout this year. For Musetti to go in and beat him on a clay court where he plays really well. Alcaraz plays great on clay court. So Lorenzo Musetti, another boost to confidence. I've just told you about Cressy in Rhode Island and Musetti in Hamburg, Germany. This is a time for these guys to really get, 
you know, really get their flowers, really get to be able to win these tournaments because this is a chance, especially right after a major, for them to get in, get a lot of points, and not have to play four top 10 guys on the way to a final in a smaller tournament. Lorenzo Massetti, your champion in Hamburg and the first one of his career. Another interesting note about this tournament, you're looking at a guy that has been around the block a few times and is one of the most entertaining tennis players in the world. Fabio Fognini joins the 400 Career Wins Club as he beats Bedin in Hamburg, and he is one of the most exciting guys to watch on tour. Now, I didn't know he was even that close to winning this turn or to being number 400 in his career, but Fabio Fognini definitely deserves that. He loses in the second round to Karen Hachinov, but he wins in the first round, and that's enough 400 career wins for Fabio Fognini. If you've never seen him play, you should. He's very entertaining. He's got skills. He's got a game that can really compete with anybody if he puts the effort in. Very, very fun to watch, and somebody I'm going to look forward to maybe getting to 500 wins. He's getting older now, but still an electric factory to watch on the tennis court. Let's move on to Switzerland. I believe you pronounce this place Stad. It's spelled G-S-T-A-A-D. I don't, I'm not great with that pronunciation, but it's a Swiss Open, and it's in a place called, I'm going to guess the G is silent, Stad. I'm just going to call it Stad. But this is also one of those tournaments that is an ATP 250, and it's just after a couple majors, so, or yeah, a couple majors right there. So you don't think it's going to get a great turnout, turnout. But it does. Casper Ruud's the one seed. Number two is Matteo Berrettini, who couldn't play at Wimbledon because of COVID. So he's looking to do something special here. And those two pretty much take the cake. They make it to the semis. Casper Ruud wins in the final. He beats Matteo Berrettini, which was quite surprising for me, to be honest with you, because Matteo Berrettini's playing really well. And he was playing well before Wimbledon, didn't get a chance to finish there, and he continued to play well into this tournament. Now, Casper Ruud wins in three, but Casper Ruud struggled a little bit in this tournament. I mean, he does win in straight sets, quarterfinal in the semifinal, making it to the final, and he only, he wins straight sets, everything but the final. However, he, lose, he wins in two tiebreakers against Muner in the quarterfinals, and from what I've seen, he didn't play great tennis in that match, and he wasn't playing his best tennis in this tournament, but that tells you how good of a player he actually is. He doesn't play his best tennis and he still gets a chance to win a tournament. And he does win a tournament against a great Italian in Matteo Berrettini. I, what did I tell you about Italian players right now? They're really making a name for themselves and really doing something special. Definitely a country to keep an eye on when it comes to players coming up and players in the game right now that are turning heads. The Italian players in the game right now are playing amazing tennis. Musetti just gets his first win of his career. Sinner just has a great tournament, and Matteo Berrettini's playing some of the best tournament or some of the best tennis of his career, I should say. That's not the biggest storyline in this tournament, though. Dominic Team gets back into a main draw of an ATP tour level tournament, and he got some flashes of vintage team. This was great to see because Dominic Team had been out for so long. And for him to get in this tournament, and he struggled a little bit in the challengers before this, but he gets into this tournament. He beats the seven seed Hugo Gaston in the first round in three sets, just a grinder of a match. Then wins straight sets against Delbonis, and then wins in the third round match to make it to the semis. And he puts up a fight a little bit 
against Matteo Berrettini, but he had to be tired at that point. But that tells you the level that he's got to get to. But for him to get some confidence under his belt is great. He loses to Berrettini 6-1-6-4. Not a great competitive match for him, but it's good for him to get that experience under his belt and get back to you know vintage team. And at one point, I mean, he won a Grand Slam. He won the U.S. Open. So I think he is going to be back before we know it really winning tournaments, and I would really love to see that. I believe he had a wrist injury, so that there's a problem there, but he was showing flashes and signs of Dominic Team in 2018, 2019, 2020. So it's really good to see Dominic Team back. I think the sport's better for it, and I think he deserves to be back in that top 10 spot because, man, is he an electric factory to watch, and he's so much fun to see on your TV screen, and really in person. He's really, really fun to watch in person. He's got just a beautiful backhand, one-handed backhand, and it's something of beauty. But doesn't make the final in this one. And this tournament in Stad, Switzerland, I believe that's how you say it. I'm still not sure how you say it. But the win goes to Casper Ruud, who's also having a great, great year. All right, before I wrap this up today, let's talk about a little bit of the tournaments that are coming up and when the U.S. Open Swing really, really start. So after those, uh, there's another tournament in Atlanta, and that's when you know players start to get to the United States. The Atlanta Open is going to be a really good tournament. Always is. But then August, starting on August 1st, the City Open in Washington, D.C. kicks off. And then you're talking about Montreal's going on in Cincinnati, Winston-Salem. Then the U.S. Open in New York. What's happening in Washington this year, this is a good sign for Kyle Edmund. Uh, he was once an Australian Open semifinalist in 2018. He has gotten into the ATP 500 under his protected ranking. He's dealt with some injuries, had done some things, but he hasn't played singles since October of 2020. So he did play some mixed doubles at Wimbledon this year, but he hasn't been the same on the singles court. But this was a Kyle Edmund that was a big name in tennis there for a little bit. So it's going to be awesome to see him actually get back in the singles realm, and hopefully, you know, hopefully he can make some noise. In other news, in other great news for literally the entire sport of tennis, guess who's playing in the Labor Cup this year? Roger Federer, Rafael Nadal, Andy Murray, and Novak Djokovic. The big four at one point. It used to be the big four. If you're new to tennis, you know the big three. Rafa, Roger, and Novak. But at one point, it was the big four. When Andy Murray was number four in the world, and no one could touch these four. Nobody could touch these four. And all four of them are playing at the O2 in London as part of the Labor Cup on Team Europe. This is going to be one of the best spectacles in tennis that you've seen in a really, really, really long time. It's going to bring nostalgia to a lot of people. It's going to bring just an absolute electric atmosphere at the O2, which is always a good atmosphere, usually host to the ATP Finals. But the Labor Cup already has a unique atmosphere when it comes to this fan support and the fan involvement and the players. And you get to see things you don't see at other tournaments, like the greatest in the world playing doubles together, which you literally never see anymore. So for these guys to team up and come to the Labor Cup is going to be an absolute special week. I cannot wait for it. I am ecstatic about this opportunity and ecstatic to watch these four guys. I don't even care who else is on the world team or I don't care who's on the team Europe. I just want to see these guys play together. And I think it's going to be a really, really cool experience because it probably is one of the last times these four will play together unless Roger just keeps coming back to play in this tournament every year. So 
that's what's happening in the world of tennis. That's what's going on right now in the world of tennis. I think that's about it. I'm going to cover some of the rest next week. We'll get into it. I can't get over this Labor Cup news. It's great. If you want to read more about it, you can go to their website and see what's going on. They got like 60-some Grand Slam titles between the three of them, or the four of them. Yeah, 20, 21, 22, and then Andy Murray's got a few. So, oh, man, I'm excited about this. I'm already excited about this. I can't wait for it. Labor Cup's at the end of this year, and let me tell you, we're going to cover that like it's the Super Bowl on this podcast because it pretty much is the Super Bowl. Let me tell you, it's going to be a spectacle to see. We'll see what Americans get into it as well, but I can't wait to watch the Big Four again in action. It's going to be – it could be the final ride. It really could be. Let's hope it's not, but – Let's be real. It could be. Thanks for listening today. I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to let you get on with your day. Uh, Take care of yourself. Take care of your family. And we'll catch you next week. I promise I'll be back next week. I'm not going to leave you hanging like I did last week. I'm sorry about that. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.